Hey everyone, thanks for joining us on The Basic Podcast, where you can hear all of our latest messages, interviews, and more. Basic is a college and young adult ministry focused on uniting people to join in Jesus' work. To keep up with what's happening in our community, take a moment to follow us at Basic Worship or explore our website, basicworship.org. We hope you enjoy this episode of our podcast and that it helps you take a next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Do you remember the first time that you ever jumped into the deep end of a pool? Maybe not. Maybe it was too young. But imagine you're standing at the edge, okay, of the deep end. Probably you were comfortable in the shallow end at some point, And you've worked here. And you're like, do I jump? Do I do it? And it might be a little bit scary, but something in you wanted to jump, to go deeper than you ever have before. I used to teach swimming lessons to kids, and um, I experienced and observed a lot of fear and some tears and some screaming as they stood at the edge of the deep end to jump for their first time. Some of those kids would actually like walk away (laughs) and not want to do it, but most often they would come back because something in them wanted to do it. Even if they were scared, they were intrigued. And almost every single time a kid would finally jump into the deep end for the first time, they would experience so much joy and they would never want to leave the pool. Their parents would have to like drag them out from their swimming lesson. My name is Andrew Sladke. I'm on staff here at Orchard Hill Church with College Ministry. Um, And I am married to Sarah Sladke. Uh, We actually are just celebrating our one year anniversary this past weekend. So that's kind of exciting. A year goes pretty fast, um, especially when half of it is just spent in your home. Um, cooking meals and learning new hobbies and that kind of thing. So it's been a really fun year. We've, we've enjoyed that. Um, and I am really glad that you are all here tonight. Um, it's just really cool to see everybody gathered together. It's turned out to be a beautiful night, um, and I'm, I'm really glad to be here. So we're kicking off a new three-week series this week called Out of the Shallows, and um, we're borrowing a chunk of these ideas from uh, a church in Atlanta called North Point Church, and they just had such a great series that we were like, we have to bring this and share it with you guys. Um, So over the next three weeks, we're going to be exploring this idea of the deep end as it relates to our faith. And I think this is a thought we all have at some point, whether it's with faith or whether it's with a relationship or something else. But a lot of times we think in our life, man, I just want to go deeper. How do I go deeper? And this is a valid question. I think we're drawn to depths, because the shallows aren't where the interesting stuff is. The depths are, except for the basketball hoop. That's usually in the shallow end of the pool. That's kind of fun. But, and usually, like the kid in the swimming lesson, once you experience something deep or the depths, you don't want to leave. You might be brand new to faith, or you may have been following Jesus for a long time, Or maybe you're like, I don't even know what I believe. But I think one thing is true of all of us. We don't want to stay in the shallows. And most often we can't really afford to stay in the shallows because the shallows won't challenge you. The shallows won't change the world around you. The shallows aren't where you find meaning and truth and answers. And the list goes on. So the passage that we're about to read gives us some great context of what it means to go deeper. 
and to experience spiritual growth. And it helps give a little bit of insight into what depth even is. So let's open our Bibles to Hebrews, if you have one. If you don't and you have it on your phone, that's great too. And if you don't have those and you haven't gotten one over there, we're going to have it on the screen so you can read along with us. Um, but if you do have one, we encourage you to, to open it up. And if you can see, okay, or use your phone light or something, it's just great to be able to circle some things that stand out and, and underline some things. So while you guys are finding that, kind of in the back of the Bible in the, in the New Testament, Hebrews 5.11, um, I'll just give a little bit of context here. So we're not entirely sure who actually wrote the book of Hebrews. A lot of people think that it's Paul. Paul is somebody who wrote a lot of other letters and books in the New Testament. Um, but we're not totally sure. Something we do know is that it's written to a group of Christians who are kind of looking for the same thing, right? How, how do I grow deeper? Or what's next for me? And the author is writing to lead them there. And so in verse 11, he starts with, we have much to say about this, about going further, the next step. We have much to say about this, but it is hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. It's like, it's like the author is saying, I want to take you deeper. I do, but I can't. And it's not because of me. It's because of you. You're getting in the way. This actually happens to me often. Maybe you can relate. Um, I like want to grow in some area of life or I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to this next thing. Um, and then maybe it's not working out like I planned. And it's very easy for me to point my finger at somebody else and say, well, if the church would just do it that way, then, then I would grow deeper in my faith. Or if they just did a series on that topic, then, then I would grow deeper in my faith. Or man, if they would just play that new Elevation song at basic, oh my gosh, I can't believe they haven't played it yet, that would really cause me to go deeper in my faith. I, I, I've been here and I do this still. And I rarely think, hmm, maybe it's something I need to do. <laughs> maybe it's me that's getting in the way of growing deeper. Maybe the sermons are doing their job and the songs are doing their job and the book I'm listening to, or sorry, the book that, that I'm reading is doing its job. What if we have everything that we need to go deeper, but we can't because we're getting in our own way? So the author is starting to for, kind of form and shape this idea that there's something that we need to do ourselves that he or somebody else maybe can't do for us. And in verse 12, um, he continues and says, you have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. So he's saying to this group of people, okay, where you should be at now is teaching other people, and yet you're still over there learning your shapes and your colors and the alphabet. And then in verse 13, he says what arguably could be the greatest insult in the entire Bible, you are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. The author's literally talking about breast milk here. And you guys probably thought when you were like laying out your blanket tonight, you didn't think you were going to be talking about breast milk at basic, but uh, here we are. So I'm going to give a little context to what the author is talking about here. Um, 
And I'm going to actually start with my little baby niece, Avery. So we've got a picture here. Um, this is taken a, a while ago when she was pretty young. Uh, she was born in 2018, um, actually two months early. So she was two months premature and had a lot. It was a hard time. Like she had a lot of health issues and actually was on a feeding tube for quite a while. And then over time, she kind of would drink a little bit more milk by mouth and then a little bit more from a bottle and a little bit more until she was finally at this point where she was drinking totally from a bottle. Um, and it was like a huge celebration for our family because it was a really hard season. Um, but also, isn't that just like the most adorable thing ever? Like a sweet baby just like sipping on a bottle. So this is exhibit A. And um, I have an exhibit B, but for this one, I'm going to need Carter Moore to come up here. <clears throat> this, is my, this is my friend Carter, and he's going to help me out with this. So, where's my round of applause? <laughs> yeah, where's Carter's round of applause? <laughs> so, Carter doesn't really know much about what's going on. He's not fully prepared for what we're about to do. I don't know that I'm fully prepared for what we're about to do, but Carter, um, if you wouldn't mind actually just sitting on my lap here. <laughs> yep. Should I put my mask on? No, I, I don't care. I don't know if you want to. We're on the, on the live stream. Oh, yeah, we better follow the rules. So, um, <laughs> this is for you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and uh, we don't do this often enough. You're right. You know, spend some quality time together, me and you. It's kind of nice. It's kind of nice. You've always said you're kind of a kid at heart, so here we are. Uh, <laughs> Is that real? <laughs> In what way? You mean what animal did this come from? <laughs> you might need to take your mask off for this, Carter. Yeah, okay. Are we doing this? <clears throat> I mean, do you want some milk? Sure. All right, Carter, drink some milk. Oh, isn't that cute, everybody? <laughs> Did you get any? Yeah. Okay. All right. Hey, can I'm you, not going to put you through. Can you, can you burp me? Yeah. Okay. Did that make it into the mic? It made it into my mouth. So <clears throat> thank you, Carter. Appreciate it. Can we give him another round of applause for that? As I was preparing this, I had a little internal conflict as to whether I should actually do that or not. Um, still not sure if I'm glad we did. <laughs> Wasn't that weird? <laughs> it was a little disturbing, or a lot disturbing. I don't know how you guys are feeling right now. I feel like I'm shaking a little bit. <clears throat> I think the author of Hebrews, in this verse, wanted us to feel a little bit disturbed. He's calling a group of adults babies who are drinking milk, right? Carter is a grown man, and there is no world in which I or anybody else should be feeding him anything, let alone a bottle of, like, milk, which it was whole milk from a jug, by the way. So if you <laughs> were wondering. Um, <clears throat> but at some point, Carter was drinking milk. He was a baby once. We all were. And at some point, he picked up a fork and ate his own food. So, in case we need to get that image out of our minds, and Carter's like, yes, we need to get that image out of our minds. Um, here's a video of Avery a little over a year later. Um, yeah, let's just, let's just watch that. Cool off now. You can eat it.
<laughs> yeah. I like that video. That's a good one. At some point, Avery needed help, right? She needed a feeding tube, and then she needed a bottle. And now, a couple months ago, she's like chowing down on a burger at Culver's, and it's awesome. And that's part of growing. And so the author finishes up, if we want to go back to Hebrews, in verse 13, he says, Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use, by constant use, have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Now, I realize that the author in this passage is talking to a group of people who he believes should be super mature in their faith. He, he said that. You have been following Jesus for a long time, and you may not be there, and that's okay. But I think the important thing for us to look at here is that he's kind of setting up this framework or this idea that there is a progression spiritually, just like there's a progression physically. When we're babies, physical growth, we're drinking milk, and eventually we pick up a fork and eat solid food for ourselves. Or in Avery's case, we pick up a burger and go to town. And in our faith, spiritually, in this progression, there's a point early on at which we just need the basics. We just need somebody to help us and show us who Jesus is. And then, as we grow, there's sort of this call, right? That we need to start experiencing things for ourselves and taking a next step. So, the question that should be on our minds from all of this, I think, tonight, is that there's this progression spiritually, or our spiritual growth, and where are you in that progression? Where are you in that progression? And maybe more importantly, how long have you been there? For some of you, and this has certainly been true of me, you might be answering, for quite a while. And we've already established that we don't really want to stay where we are in the shallows. We want to go a little bit deeper, usually. So how do we have a better answer than for quite a while? I also want to say this. There's nothing wrong with any of these stages of spiritual growth. It's part of growth. But how long have you been in one place? And how do we move? How do we keep growing? I think the author is trying to argue that our growth or the depth we're seeking won't come from somebody else. It has to come through something we do. He's arguing that at some point, the bottle has to be put down and we have to pick up a fork. So how do we do this? What does it look like to have a deeper faith and a deeper relationship with God? I always like to look at my relationships with other people. Um, I feel like God created us all in his image. And then what a beautiful gift that we get to just like be in relationship with each other and kind of practice what it's going to be like or what it is like to have a relationship with him who's like us, right? So I'm going to take you on a little hypothetical journey, okay? Let's say that you have a really good friend and they introduce you to another one of their friends and they're like, you guys have to meet. You guys are going to be like the best of friends. Like you have to meet. 
So you hang out, and it's a good time, and maybe you start hanging out, the three of you, for a few weeks. Um, and then you kind of set up another time to hang out, and, and you get there, and you're kind of waiting for this like mutual friend that you had um, for a while. And then they text you, and they're like, sorry, guys, I'm not going to make it tonight. And you kind of make eye contact with the new friend, and you're like, should we just uh, cancel? I don't know. Should we, should we do this another time when that other friend can make it? I don't know if you've been there before, but it's awkward sometimes. And, and I think maybe it's awkward because you kind of are in this moment where you realize, like, we actually don't know each other that well. Actually, the thing that we had most in common was that guy over there. <laughs> but let's imagine that you kind of say, all right, we'll suck it up and have a cup of coffee or whatever you're doing. Um, and you have some conversation. Maybe you ask them a question and they start sharing a little bit about their family. And you're like, huh, that's kind of similar to my family. And then um, maybe you realize you have like the exact same sense of humor and you're like laughing it up and you're like, ah, this is why our friend introduced us to each other. <laughs> you have this great conversation, this great experience together. And you go home and you think, wow, I just made a new friend today. Depth. Depth. And it couldn't have happened as long as you were relying on that other friend to grow your relationship with that person for you. And by the way, that conversation you had, the growth that you had as a friend, you didn't grow deeper because you talked about some controversial issue or politics or predestination and free will or the meaning of the universe because, and this is just a thought that I have, so I don't know. I want you guys to think about this too, but I don't think that subject matter equals depth. I'm really convinced that subject matter does not equal depth. There have been times where I'm like, man, I just want a deep conversation. I just want to like have a deep conversation and talk about some really deep stuff. Or that teaching wasn't deep enough for me. But over time, I've kind of convinced myself that actually that's not it. What creates depth is not a topic. It's connection and shared experience. I don't think that God is looking for us to have all the topics and the answers figured out with him. I think he just wants us to connect with him. So where am I going with all of this? Whether the metaphor is picking up a fork or jumping in a pool or being a friend with somebody, I think the idea here is this. Someone else cannot get you deeper for you. Somebody else cannot get you deeper for you. And they can't get me deeper for me. And you can't get them deeper for them. They can't get you deeper in a friendship with another person. And they can't get you deeper in a relationship with God. You can. I grew up going to church every Sunday um, to a Lutheran church. And there were some really great moments that I had in that. Church camps and some confirmation classes that inspired me to want to seek God on my own. But most of the time, when I look back, most of the time, I was just going through the motions. I was just showing up. And this is still true of me today sometimes, believe it or not, because busyness, right? It's easy to just like show up to the worship service or show up to the Bible study or I've got a bunch of stuff I'm involved in and I just show up and then I kind of expect something to happen to me. I can't tell you the number of times that I go in to a church service and I'm like, Feed me, 
just feed me. <laughs> and then sometimes I'll leave the service kind of hungry, and I'll be like, I just didn't get that much out of that. Have you been here? Somebody out there is like, I'm not getting that much out of this either. <laughs> Awkward laughter. No. <laughs> I think this Hebrews author is trying to say, quit focusing on what you're trying to get out of something and start focusing on what you're putting into it. The subject matter of this sermon or this sermon or that sermon is not going to grow you deeper. The lyrics in the song we're about to sing themselves are not going to grow you deeper. Connection and shared experience grow you deeper. God wants to connect with you. He loves you. He wants to spend time with you. He wants a deep relationship with you. And I think we get in the way of ourselves when we wait for somebody else to prepare the food up and feed it to us. And God is just like, no, 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 this is so simple. You want a deeper relationship with me. I want a deeper relationship with you. So whatever about all the other stuff, let's just hang out. So where are you at in that spiritual progression, in that spiritual growth? Where are you? How long have you been there? And if you're ready to not just stay there, Jesus is inviting you into an intimate and a deep relationship with him. And it has nothing to do with any sort of subject matter or book or anything that we learn. And it has everything to do with you choosing to dive in yourself and a decision for you to just say, I just want Jesus. I just want you, Jesus. So I'm wrapping up. I'm almost done. There's a few ways that you might start to pick up a fork or jump into a deep end. And then in the next couple weeks, Sarah and Brooke are gonna be back and they're gonna teach us kind of some next steps and some next things as we're on this journey out of the shallows and maybe a step toward the deep end. So the first thing, the first thing, this is homework for like tonight or tomorrow or this week. The first thing, read your Bible. And this sounds so like, of course, the guy on the stage telling me to read my Bible. I'm serious, read your Bible and if you don't have one, again, we have one for you. Walk home with it. This is the one way, or a way, sorry. This is one way that God wants to directly communicate with you. It's the perfect place to start learning about who Jesus is, his character, his nature, how he lived and hung out with people and treated people. And I think we make it really hard on ourselves sometimes. I'm not saying the Bible's not hard to read and hard to understand. It is sometimes. But we also don't need some crazy reading plan before we get started or some like, I just gotta wait till Bible study starts to get started. Just open up. And a great place to start, if you're wondering, start in one of the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Look for something where there's some red letters and that's what Jesus is saying. And just start there. What is Jesus saying? Like that's a conversation. You can almost get to know him that way. The second, the second thing I think we can do is pray. Of course, the guy on the stage is telling me to pray. God wants to talk to you. It's how he's built us, you and me, to communicate, right? And he's made us to communicate with him that way too. So it doesn't have to be a lot different than just talking to a friend. We often make this harder than it needs to be too. God just wants to hear from us. It could be walking to class. It could be walking to your car tonight. Real quick, three seconds. Ask him some questions. Tell him what's on your mind. 
Tell him thanks for a beautiful sunset. Tell him thanks for some awesome mini donuts. <laughs> like that stuff, he wants to know. He wants to hear it. And that is connection and shared experience with your heavenly father. What's hard for you right now? Tell him about it. What's really good for you right now? Tell him about it. What makes you anxious? Talk to him. What's hard for you to watch going on in the world around you right now? Talk to him about that. And the third one is be present. So read, read the Bible. Just start somewhere, small. Pray. Just start with a three-second prayer. And then the third one is be present. There is nothing wrong with sermons and songs. I mean, I'm giving a message right now and we're about to sing some songs in a few minutes. So I am not knocking that stuff at all. It is so cool to be gathered together all here tonight, learning something about who God is and experiencing him together. But all that stuff is good. And it's the difference between whether we just show up and wait for something to happen or whether we're truly present in it. Like the words in the songs that we're about to sing, nobody's watching you sing, I promise you. Don't watch anybody else. Just close your eyes. It's just me and God. Here I am, and I'm just gonna sing these words just straight to him. Just be present in that. And it's amazing what'll happen. It's amazing what will happen. It's connection. It's shared experience with God. So God wants a deep relationship with you. And you want depth too, most likely. So where are you at spiritually? How long have you been there? And where are you going next? God knows where he wants you to be next. And he just wants you to join him in that journey. And I promise that a simple choice from you to join him will lead you deeper than you could ever imagine. And you probably won't want to come back. So let's pray. God, thank you for a beautiful sunset. Thank you for many donuts. Thank you for um, this group of people gathered together. Thanks for friends. Thanks for family. Thanks for so much, God. At the same time, we're hurting. We're hurting and there's stuff in this world that makes us hurt, it makes us sad. God, I, um, I just pray for everybody here tonight, everybody here tonight. God, I just pray that they take one step, one step into some sort of connection or shared experience with you, whatever that might look like, God. Somebody loves a sunset. God, I hope that you guys get to just experience a sunset together. If somebody loves drawing something. I hope that you guys just get to draw something together. If somebody loves singing. I hope that you guys just sing together. God, I just pray for shared experience and connection with you. It's what we really want. And you tell us that that's what's gonna grow us deeper with you. So God, help us focus on you. Help us be present with you. Remind us that you're like, you're right here with us, present with us. I pray for this semester. I pray for the weeks ahead. I pray for, for everybody in their classes. I pray for everybody in their dorms and their apartments. God, I just pray that this is a great semester. 
we love you so much. Thank you for your son, Jesus, and what he did for us. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.